I mean, like, like, do you like like shkong? Yeah, oh yeah, do like a shkong sound effect right here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Oh my gosh, that's gonna be the opener, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Pulp Fliction. We are excited to be back after a temporary break. Some people had to get married and go on a honeymoon. Some people had to get new jobs, and some people didn't do shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we are back and uh, excited to review Hell or High Water. That's what we're going to cover today. Hell or High Water, directed by David McKenzie and starring Jeff Bridges, Ben Foster, and Chris Pine. It's weird that I said Ben Foster first. Why? Well, I mean, Chris Pine is kind of the main star, and I'm well, according I to this, last. Del Dickey is number one. Yeah, I think they went by like uh, in order of appearance, and that's what screwed me up. Oh, I see. Yeah, that. yeah. Way to go, IMDb. Yeah, seriously, I put Jeff Bridges first because you know respect. He's right. the dude. I mean, you got to. Let me try that again, but you don't need to edit it. I just no. want to give him his oh. prop. Oh. Starring Jeff Bridges, Chris Pine, and William and Sturgey. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and Ben Foster. Hell or High Water is described thus. A divorced dad and his ex-con brother resort to a desperate scheme in order to save their family's ranch in West Texas. Let's check out that trailer. You know, the bank loan, just enough to keep your mama poor. Thought they could swipe her land. It's a big bank. It's too big. That's what she said. Now they can foreclose on Friday. So come hell or high water, get the money to the bank on Thursday. And then you are free and clear. Little brother, go get that money. Good morning, folks. Open the drawers. You got a gun on you, old man? You damn right I got a gun on me. Y'all gonna steal my gun, too? We ain't steal from you, we steal from the bank. You hear about these bank robberies? You may get to have some fun before they send you off to the rocking chair yet. I may have one hunt left in me. <laughs> Mama, in that bit a while? Three months. Bank breathing down her neck. Everybody get on the ground! Y'all been here for a while? Long enough to watch the bank getting robbed. has been robbing me for 30 years. How'd you manage to stay out of prison for a year? It's been difficult. Don't stand up! These boys know exactly what they're doing. They're trying to raise a certain amount. That's my guess. Let's go! Drive! Drive! Toby, it's a good thing you're done. More down it. Every step of the way. You want a little advice? Go see your boys tomorrow. You know, you talk like we ain't gonna get away with this. I've never met nobody got away with anything, ever. Then why in the hell did you agree to do it? Because you asked, little brother. Mama, take this Beep, boop, boop. <laughs> Thank you, Jacob. The dialing of the train. <laughs> 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 okay, so th- that was supposed to be like the old school dial-up sounds, you know what I'm talking about, when it connects? Oh, do, 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 okay. do. do you know what I'm talking about? No, that was before our I time. Knew, I, 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 was, I was like, I'm just setting myself up for an old man joke. I don't even know why I did it. Well, I can uh, check that one off the list for the yeah, night. Yeah. <laughs> As if it won't go go back there. So, Hell or High Water, um, this is when, when I saw the preview. I was like, oh, that looks like a pretty good movie. But I didn't really think much of it. 
And then all this buzz started happening, and the reviews started pouring in. And, I mean, it's got fantastic reviews. It's like 88 on Metacritic and 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, so my expectations were high. Did they meet those expectations for you guys? Jacob, what did you think of Hell or High Water? Well, I ain't pretty much just been on that. Like, I saw no trailers for it. And that's not because I'm not watching trailers. I just – they didn't really market it very no, much. No, they didn't. And so – it was kind of the same thing. I just kind of kept hearing more and more buzz. And basically because of what IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes was saying is why I kind of finally gave in. Uh, what did I think of it? I thought it was really good. I thought actually it was kind of a slow burn at first, but really the last 15 minutes was solid. Um, you know, when you have Jeff Bridges in Westerns, it seems like right now, because what have we had? We've had um, True Grit and then, oh gosh, what's the other one that he was in where it's um, – He's the singer, and he won Best Actor for Crazy, Crazy Heart. Heart. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, it's like, okay, we know he can play like kind of a country guy, but then, uh, or, you know, country action and all that. But now he's like this sheriff, he, not sheriff, but he's a Texas Ranger, and I think he just kind of pulled it off again. I don't think it's, I don't think it's you know, award-worthy, but, like, he was really good in it. And, I mean, honestly, I really think the person who stole the show was surprisingly Chris Pine. I thought he was great in it. And as a very reserved character. So overall, I really enjoyed it. I would suggest it to anybody. If anyone even likes a Western, which it's a modern day Western. So don't think it's like, you know, old school shoot em up or anything like that. I just, I had a good time watching it, even though it was a little bit slow at first. If you can be patient with that, then I think you really enjoyed the outcome of the movie. I'm kind of like you. I didn't see any trailers for it or anything. And I didn't know that it was a modern Western. I was just like, oh, that looks Western-y. And that's really all I knew about it going into it. But I really loved it. And, of course, I love Jeff Bridges because Jeff Bridges is amazing, even though he's just kind of become the grumbly grandpa where he just kind of all the time about everything. He was like that in this, but too. But I really love him. So I enjoyed it. Do they have video? Same deal all the way around. Walmart sell all sorts of electronic equipment. My word. Get your hands off that. Oh, these boys, they aren't done yet, I'll tell you that. How come? Oh, well, they're patient. They're just sticking to the drawers, not taking the hundreds. That's the bank's money. We can trace that. They're, they're trying to raise a certain amount, that's my guess. It's going to take a few banks to get there. I thought it was a fantastic movie. I thought it was one of the best movies I've seen this year. Uh, I haven't updated my list or anything like that, but I know if I were to do a list right now, uh, I've probably seen 75-ish movies released this year, and it would be in my top 10 right now for sure. Uh, the the thing that makes the movie for me, the dialogue was great, great script. I mean, it's a simple story. The, the story is really simple, but the reason it's so effective is because the acting and the dialogue and the characters. The, they gave us three characters that you can either really, really root for or at least really want to follow um, you really like Chris Pine's character. Um, he's kind of this gray character. I mean, he's doing some bad things, but he's doing them for good reasons. And he's really a pretty morally sound guy besides robbing banks. But he's not wanting to, to hurt anyone or anything like that. He's got reasons for doing them. Uh, and then Ben Foster is always a scene stealer. He's always good in everything that he does. Right. And he plays the villain character here. But he's not really a villain. I mean, he is the villain if you had to choose one, I guess. He's 
probably the most well, he is the most morally corrupt person in the movie. <laughs> but he's so entertaining. He's so funny. He's he's the comic relief. I guess Jeff Bridges kind of is too. Um, right. But he's a fun guy to follow. What well, he he's definitely. A bad dude, but he's a likable bad well, dude. Well, probably because he's trying to help out his little brother. Right, you exactly. Know? So, like, you know, it gives him a little bit of a heart as well. Yeah. Even though he's not a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's kind of the Doc Holliday to Chris Pine's Wyatt Earp, uh, for lack of a better. <laughs> I mean, uh, but then Jeff Bridges, he's, he is always good, and you just kind of take it for granted. Even uh, – he, he didn't really – do like you said, it wasn't award-worthy, but he's just so freaking – good in everything that he does and so he's consistent and yeah he is and then i don't know what his partner's name was in real life what the actor's name what's the, the police movie that he did with uh by the way that was like terrible it was like the the, the knockoff of mib men in black oh uh, that was where a he was movie. also a yes that a, was a bad movie what was, was that it? called i saw that swat mib yeah uh, i can't remember what it was but it was bad <laughs> it was so it was so, such an obvious for the MIB most part night. he's consistent yeah that, <laughs> um but and then his partner was really likable they gave us some really good characters really sharp uh script yeah r.i.p.d which was a terrible name that <laughs> sank it the only reason i really remember that movie is because uh kevin McAllister's uh brother was in it his older brother he played uh, one of the aliens or whatever in it. I oh, was like, really? whoa, yeah, it's it's so random. It's so random. Brother. Yeah. So you were talking about characters though. Or yeah. other other side characters. Yeah, his uh, the actor's name is Gil Birmingham. He plays Alberto Parker. He's uh, I guess kind of half Native American and half Mexican, which he was a great which character. results in a lot of hilarious Jeff Bridges jokes. But his character was great. He was kind of the most he was the most noble of all the characters, probably. He was the most, you know, I would say the most. Well, I was going to say reserved, but then, you know, Chris Pine. Honestly, I thought he and Chris Pine were a nice balance to each other because Ben Foster and Jeff Bridges, in a weird way, played off of each other. Yeah. Because you have two strong, like, characters just kind of taking control of the room in all circumstances. Yeah. And then you have these other two reserved characters. It's like an interesting parallel yeah. in two storylines. Yeah. Like you said, though, Chris Pine. Easily for me his best work. Um, he's shown flashes of acting ability, um, but this is the first time where he kind of reined it in and, and did more subtle acting, and he really was really really good in it. Um, and you really did root for his character, and I mean obviously some of that's the script, but a lot of that was Chris Pine too conveying the the characters. See, we had a tech we had a, we had a text talk about this. Like you know, you say it's his best role. I would say it's his best acting role, but I like him better as Kirk. I think he's an excellent Kirk. He, is. he has the charisma. He is. But strangely, when he has that charisma in other movies, it just always falls flat. It doesn't work. And then here, he finally plays something completely different. And it's like, oh, wow, he actually can if he – I don't know if this is even trying, though, because he just didn't really smile a whole lot. <laughs> no, I, th I think when when you do that, when you're when you're more reserved and subtle, you have to be able to convey – I mean, his character was feeling – and we had to know what his character is feeling without him expressing it, you know, verbally. And but we did because of Chris Pine. So uh, yeah, he was he was really really solid in it. So do you guys have any gripes? We we've said a lot of good things about the movie. Do you guys have anything in particular that you didn't necessarily like about the movie? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I can't pinpoint anything that I was like, oh, I wish they would have done this differently. It could have been 
I it sat really well with me. I think I ended up giving it like a nine. I mean, for this yeah, year, nice. that's that's really good. So I didn't think it was a perfect movie, but there's nothing really that I can pick apart about why it wasn't. I think my gripe was actually Ben Foster. Uh, maybe it's just because of his character in general. Because um, he was fun, but he's just kind of a hard guy to pull for. And I, I don't know if it was because of the character or just Ben Foster. He was just a little too out there. Not out there, just yeehaw for me. I can see that. <laughs> um Honestly, I didn't have a lot of complaints. I did say it was slow paced, but I I don't mind that if it has a good payoff with it. I was really concerned that there wasn't going to be, but like that shootout at the end, which hey, by the way, we always do spoilers here. <laughs> <laughs> we always mention that after. But the I mean, it's a western. How's it not going to be a shootout? Right. And a great payoff. And I mean, uh, by the way, I knew that Alberto was going to go down. I just had a feeling because of how they just kind of played up, played him up. Um, Brandon you know, and I legitimately gasped. Like a like a gasp of shock and disappointment. Ah. Oh. <laughs> well, really, it's because how brutal they showed it on the screen. Yeah, it was. I mean, really like brutal. here we have this character that we really, you know, maybe respect or you know, obviously like, and they blew his brains out on the screen. I mean, but was what was so as far as filming authenticity wise goes, I loved what kind of came from from that scene, which was Jeff Bridges. You know, did a really good job, I think, of keeping his composure as an actor because, you know, like he's trying to portray like, hey, I'm in the moment. This guy's shooting at us. Let's go get him. But you can see he he, you realize that he just lost his friend. So he keeps that state of mind. I think the best scene in the movie or my favorite, I'll say, is when he did finally knock off Ben Foster at the end. You saw him very briefly lose his composure as he was about to crawl back down the mountain. But then he kind of, that was it. It was done. And I was like, very cool. Very subtle. It was. But, I mean, very good effect. I don't know if you all caught that. No, I did. It was great because it it, it felt true to his character, too. He was kind of a gruff, hard-ass character. Um, But you could tell he obviously, even though he gave his partner crap the entire movie, you could tell he cared for him. And in in that moment, you could see, you know, the emotion he was feeling. You could see how much it hurt him. But but like a true hard ass man, he only briefly let it crack, and then you know he got back to the job at hand. Uh, but you could tell how much it, it wounded him. So yeah, that was that was all Jeff Bridges, and that was really well done. I actually didn't mind Ben Foster. I mean, I know what you're saying, but I I thought he was fun. I told this to Rachel, and it sounds ridiculous. Did you ever see the movie Joyride with Paul Walker and Steve Zahn? No. Next question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, it was just like that. It was like a good-looking younger brother. He goes on a road trip with his older brother who's young and like not good-looking, and he's like wild and crazy and funny, kind of a bad guy. There's a lot of similarities. Anybody who's seen Joyride and Hell or High Water uh, will know what I'm talking about. I just need to find somebody else who's seen them both so I can have this conversation. Uh, can I ask you an Oklahoma question regarding this movie? Uh-huh. So when they would go to the casinos and they would do like – they would show the – you know – Either whether it was a woman or someone in, you know, some Oklahoman in those casinos or the gas station. Was it just like, come on, we're yeah. not that big of hicks. We did. We had that exact reaction. We were like, oh, they got that guy. Like, of course. Yes. Of course. And he pulls up a to a green, gas station and car. there's somebody on a horse. I was like, come yeah. on. And they break come out a gun. Now. Like, they just, you know, knock his gun against the side of the, you know, the, side of the car. He's like, well, you don't talk to me like this because I got a gun in my hand. You know? Uh. And it's like, it's not like that. People just don't flash their guns and talk like an absolute, pe- you know, white trash junkie. I mean, it just drives me insane. 
Yeah, that that was really irritating. Like we were getting excited when they were talking about Oklahoma and going to Oklahoma. We kept high fiving each other in the movie theater. That but was Windstar, right? Well, we thought it was. It, it supposedly Windstar, but it was actually filmed at some place in New Mexico. Oh, really? Yeah, there really is a Route sixty six casino in New Mexico, in Albuquerque. But it was so, supposed but, to be. It was oh. supposed to be Oklahoma, but it was they were actually in New Mexico. Oh, well, they did a pretty good job. Yeah, we we looked it up because that's what we thought. I was a little bit happy to see the the hot slutty of. Uh, Chicks, both both the the desk clerk cashier chick and the hookerish chick, just because they're at least acknowledging at least there's a couple of hot people in Oklahoma besides all the cowboys and rednecks. Yeah, but I did like at that bar where he was like, check out all the chicks or whatever, and it was, I was like, oh man. Yeah, I was too. It was like it's not so like harsh that. on Oklahoma. <laughs> it's like the Southwest actually is beautiful women. We're known I, I, for it. I okay? know. We're just north of Texas, damn it. <laughs> I know. It's so ir- that was really irritating. Um, my actually, All right, Oklahoma only, event over. <laughs> yeah, no, but you're, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something we talked about during the movie. Uh, we were discussing like sons it. of bitches. Yeah, it's <laughs> like serious. But the capper was the dude on the horse at the gas station. I'm like, come on, <laughs> come on. Uh, but uh, the only thing that I that really bothered, and I didn't mind how slow it was. I thought it was great because the dialogue and the characters, I was totally all in. Uh, and the shootout at the end was great. The only thing that really bothered me was. How heavy-handed the message was. I think whoever wrote this movie definitely has an issue with big banks. They've been screwed over by big banks, uh, big corporations at some point. Because, you know, a regular... Maybe you know, even oil and gas? Yes, maybe Which, even oil it was the same writer as Sicario. Yes, exactly. So it's something. because There's something underlying Taylor Sheridan there. is his name, sorry. Uh, oh, I'm glad you said that. But uh, he... Uh, I was fine with it when they were just trying to, you know, the the bank was, you know, ripping them off. They're trying to get back. That's fine. But when the the upright, you know, noble Native American man just went on this random monologue to Jeff Bridges about how, um, well, this town used to be, you know, they used to be happy (laughs) to. Yeah, (laughs) that was my noble Indian. Uh, Hey, we're from Oklahoma. There's noble. I was making fun. Got a little Native American in me. Yeah, so do I. But I don't talk like that. <laughs> or, or do <laughs> this I? This guy did, though. <laughs> uh, but basically, he was saying these people used to be happy until them. And then he pointed to the big bank. I was like, okay, now you're just slapping us across the, the face with, with your message. Which, yeah, I mean, big banks, they probably screw people over for sure. But it, it got a little heavy-handed, yeah. uh, their their message did. That was really my only, my only issue with it. Uh, Is there a Midland Bank, by the way? I don't know. Got to be. I you think, think there would so. be. Maybe they got yes. like a little bit of a royalty out of yes. it. Yes, we have a mid Midland Mortgage Company. Okay, Midland Mortgage. So yeah, I think they're. I think it's associated with Mid First. Oh. There's a there's Midland Mortgage, so I'm assuming there's a Midland. Hmm. What'd you think of the filming of it? Because you know it's hard to make West Texas look pretty, and uh, it's just like it was very gray. It was very yellow. I mean, it's how a lot of westerns are. But I thought they actually did a pretty decent job of. Shooting the landscapes, capturing all the oil and field yeah. oil field activity that goes on out there. I, it's it's its own certain kind of pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I lived in Lubbock for six months, so I can kind of say, like, you know, did a good job. I mean, I mean, for what it was, there's part of me that wants to believe that, you know, society has come a long way. I mean, I feel like this could have been done in the '90s just as easily as it was done now. Yeah, because they didn't really show a lot of technology in it. Not that I yeah. need technology in my movies, but I would think that Midland has come a little bit further. On their way on, I'll just say like security systems, 
than what it was seemed like in the movie, but right. you know, whatever, not really a complaint, just an observation. Yeah. Um, Did you think it was weird how much hotter Chris Pine was than his ex-wife? Yeah, that just did, did. Did you notice that? No, I'm like Chris Pine is like a ten, and actually, was, yeah, I did. His ex-wife was like a six. It's I'm like, like they tried to cast here? like the angriest looking woman. Yeah, <laughs> they did. She didn't, they nailed it. She then. just scowled. She, and, she did. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, she looks like a bitch. Let's yeah. just say her. <laughs> That's totally true. <laughs> That's all, cool. I got. that's all I yeah. can think of. Yeah, moment. that's a good way to end it, actually. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, no, I, I like to highly, highly recommend. I don't know if it'll end up in my top ten by the end of the year, but it's certainly in my top ten at this point. Uh, so, Hell or High Water, be sure to go see it. It's got the uh, consensus Pulp Fiction stamp of approval. We need to make that a thing. Okay. Okay, it's a thing now. Yeah. We just, I mean, like, like, do you like, like shkong? Yeah, oh, yeah, do like a shkong sound effect right here. <laughs> Maybe. Oh my gosh, that's gonna be the opener, isn't it? <laughs> um, so now it's the part of the episode where we talk about what we've been watching lately. Uh, there's been a lot going on since the last time we've convened together. Yeah, let's so, just say, like, because I've had people reach out to me, y'all might have, but it's like, hey, are y'all ever going to do lists again? We you know, do. Like, we've what's been, the deal? Like, we just kind of took a break. I think, honestly, the summer really wore us down by all the really bad movies. Brandon got married. Yeah. Uh, I have been super busy with work. And, and Rachel. And there's Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel could have been doing this show by herself the past month. And uh, here's Rachel's five favorite guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably listen to it honestly. So I mean, it's it, it's nice to be back. We we do plan on doing this again next week, and you know more yeah. and more. Now that yeah. the fall's here, I'm pretty excited yeah. that there'll be some good movies you know, coming out. Our first movie back is you know uh, Hell or High Water. Yeah. You know we've got Sully that just came out. Uh, you've got Oliver Stone's new movie uh, just opened this weekend. Snowden. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a good start to the fall, I think. Yeah, it is. I'm I'm excited about it. So. Uh, be sure to listen to all our future episodes, which well, are going to be amazing. We apologize that, you know, if y'all, you know, we're out there wondering if we just fell off the face of the planet. Yeah. So, nope, Brandon just got married. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically it's my fault. That yeah. was a long way of saying yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to work in a bunch of hours, but I would have been here. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you guys been watching lately? I mean, I don't even know where to start. Well, I- let's, Rachel and I talk about Sully real quick, because I don't uh, think we're going to review it. Um, but I think we should try and talk a little bit about it without spoiling it, which we might but, be able I mean, to spoil it pretty easy. Uh, I would assume that everybody listening is probably alive when that happened. Yeah, but do, okay. So Sully is basically the story of Sullenberger. Ber- all right, Ber- Chesley Sully Sullenberger, uh, starring Tom Hanks, and you have Jess Skiles starring Aaron Eckert. Now they're the two. They're the captain and the co. Oh, sorry, the pilot and co-pilot. Uh, you know, it's the story of the, the two gentlemen who landed the plane in the Hudson River and, you know, in New York City because, you know, they hit birds just flying out of LaGuardia. Uh, you know, it happened in, what was it, 2012? Uh, you know, three or four years ago. And uh, 2009. I mean, honestly, and we kind of texted about this too, just it's a movie that knows what it is. And it's got a good director. I think it's got a good casting. And, you know, it's, I mean, it's done, it's been number one for two weeks at the box office, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if it was the third one or not. Did, did Snowden beat it out this weekend? No, I think, I don't 
so I mean, because who else would be up against it? Yeah. And I don't think that's absurd. It's a good movie. It really mm-hmm. is a good movie, but it's exactly what you expect it to be. Right. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. I enjoyed it. I thought it was interesting. I thought that um, Tom Hanks is... What? So it's the third weekend in a row is number one? Yeah. Okay. Um, Tom Hanks, uh, the monologue near the end was really, really good and and moving and effective and all of those things. And I don't know exactly. I mean, I knew about the miracle on the Hudson, but I didn't know about necessarily about the trial and everything that I didn't either that happened. Like I, I knew he landed the plane, but I didn't even know that he was even questioned about it or, or anything like that. So it's kind of interesting to listen to both sides of the argument and I don't know. I'm glad we didn't review it because I don't necessarily have a lot to say about it, but it is exactly what you yeah. think it's going to be i mean you, you kind of notched another one off of tom hanks last year we had bridge of spies right. this year's we have solely like again it's all the more reason why he's one of you know my favorite actors i assume yeah he's amazing that even if he may not be in your top five but i know y'all love him so yeah. I, mean, I mean he's he's a great actor but it's not just him you know um aaron eckert was great in it he, he was he was really charisma. really good i mean and somewhat needed because you know the character tom hanks plays he's a more of a quiet man, a methodical person. And so you have a balance with Aaron Eckert where he knows at least cut up a little bit, has a little bit more like a uh, personality t- maybe to his face or something like right. that. Right. Well, and, and he was that, more directed really well. Uh, yeah. Sully was so even keel and um, Eckert's character was just, he, he could blow up at any moment. Right. And, and he was, I mean, he had his back, like their, their relationship. I wouldn't was say really it was edgy, but it's Not as edgy. close as it gets to edgy. <laughs> He's on the edge of edgy. While being professional. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will I want to ask you this though. what do you think about the pacing or editing of this movie? I didn't think much of it. So you didn't think like, so like right when it started, it's like, wow, we're just going right into, you know, cause I thought the movie was all over the place. Because I can see that, you know, it, it pretty much starts out on the wreck and it's like, yeah. oh, we're getting right to it. Yeah. But then we kind of backtrack and then we go. Then we come back to it. I mean, it really we, bounces yeah, back and forth in time consistently. Yeah. I mean, consistently, even to the point where it goes way back to where Sully was uh, about to go into flight school. Yeah. But they never really revisited that. I'll say that may have been so it's like, why are we? It's like, OK, it's. Good to know that he talked to his father and he's building character, but it we only seem saw a little that two times. Weirdly spliced in that, like as a we need to make you make sure you understand Sully and why you should like him and his history. So we're just going to kind of throw this scene in here real quick. Yeah, kind of makes sense, but yeah, it was. But, I, I can see that. But it's like you know, it's an hour. It says hour and thirty six minutes for this movie. I think that could that was six minutes that could have been cut out at least, you know. And then you know, there was actually a lot of repetition in this movie. This there is was. my complaint: was the repetition yeah. of. I understand it, but there was more than it needed to be. But I will say what I absolutely loved about the movie was the message that it told. And it simply was summed up in, you know, pretty much the monologue or uh, at the end, which it's like, you know what? Through all the bad things um, that may or may not occur, whether it's in New York City or somewhere else, it's nice to see all the practice for the emergency responders, how they can come together because and when, how it's supposed to work the right way. Right. So it's like, you know, how a unit of people can work together to get to save to save lives. Do you know that one of the rescue boats actually backed up too far, hit a wing, and knocked a bunch of people in the water? No. <laughs> yeah. Like I thought it was interesting because during the movie they were really careful about like stopping them or whatever. Mm-hmm. I guess in real life they actually did hit the wing. Really? And some people. Well, that would have been like more entertaining. You it would have been more entertaining because we could have just knocked off some <laughs> of that repetition stuff, huh? Not, but like I was wondering, like, well, how close can these boats get to this? This thing without actually hitting it. Well, now I know it. It did actually happen. Yeah, 
would have been, I think, more entertaining. But whatever. All right. Well, good. I, I still say, even though we may have spoiled quite a bit of it, it's go a good see movie. it. It's a great story. It's a yeah. good story to make you feel good. Um, you know, make you be happy to know that there's people out there who do their jobs. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Have you watched anything else? I mean, like, <laughs> like it's been weeks. Uh, like, obviously, I've seen some movies. Like, once again, I watch LA Confidential. But I got my roommates <laughs> to see it. Who one of them had never seen it, and she loves murder mystery. And then, you know, so it's like all the more reason to keep pushing the movie. <laughs> Rach, have you seen it? Uh, no, I have oh, not. Okay, I, I can still, check that question off I my list tonight. I still have not seen it. Thanks. <laughs> um, I did. I, I'll just discuss new movies that I've seen other than Sully. I went and saw Don't Breathe. Ow. <laughs> what in the world just happened? Are you waking me up? No, no. I just wanted to slap him off air while he wasn't paying attention. <laughs> We only have two microphones tonight, so Brandon was playing on his cell phone while Rach well, and I were talking. We're not. We're talking about Don't Breathe now, so actually, know, yeah, you can, can jump in on this. Yeah, I can listen again. Because Jacob hasn't seen it, so hi. Oh, I'm going to spoil the crap out of <laughs> I was poking where he slapped to try, to try to poke the sore spot. So what's up? Don't Breathe? That was pretty good, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I actually saw it on my honeymoon. I saw Don't Breathe in Philadelphia, strangely enough. Cool. I saw it at Tinseltown. <laughs> I bet you it was the same, both probably, places. Probably so. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a good, scary movie. Um, it's basically about, well, here's the summary. Rocky, a young woman wanting to start a better life for her and her sister, agrees to take part in the robbery of a house owned by a wealthy blind man with her boyfriend, Money, and her and their friend Alex. But when the blind man turns out to be a more ruthless adversary than he seems, that's the truth, the group must find a way to escape his home before they become his latest victims. Bomb, bomb, bomb. It was a good movie. It was, it was suspenseful. A good movie. It was it was um the characters made nice logical decisions. They I like did. that in a horror movie. They made smart decisions. They did. Banana knife or gun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it, but he said banana knife or gun. Yeah, they they made really good decisions, and your main characters were were likable enough, especially the the dude, the the one that had the crush on yeah. Rocky, who was yeah. kind of your main character, uh, a final girl. And uh, but what I love the most about was the villain i mean the villain was but but is he the villain because they are they broke into his house and really and and i guess it is spoilery did you know the whole time whether or not he was gonna be good or bad were you like this guy is just defending himself from these these Uh, little i thought it was gonna go bad because i'm in a horror movie well yeah but but it could just be bad that this dude is like hey i'm gonna Take no. you kids out. There was some stuff that was not right with this dude from yeah. the beginning. There was some evil lurking beneath. It was Literally. good. The more I think about, it, the more I liked it. I mean, I, I, it was really suspenseful. And the dude who played the blind victim slash villain, his name was Stephen Lang. Oh, it's Stephen Lang. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's, uh, what's his name in uh, Tombstone? Yes, yes. Uh, it's um, no, it's not Gary. Ike Clanton. He was Ike in uh, in Tombstone. You know, the little pussy guy. He's always running off. He, like, talks a bunch of crap. And then, like, you know, White yells, Tell him I'm coming and hell's coming with me. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Ike I Clinton. do. Anyways, this dude. But he's, like, beefy now. He's not like a. He's huge. Yeah, he was. He was anyways, he was great in this. He was really. Um, 
the premise sounds a little bit ridiculous, much it like does. the movie where you're like, oh, yeah, they're going to break in and, and rob a deaf girl. Ooh, that's yeah. exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as a, a guy that's blind, he has the advantage in one that it's his house and two, his sense of hearing is heightened. Yes. So really. And he has military training. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. And really. So you cut off the power and he's got the advantage. Exactly. Over these people. So. Yeah. Which spoiler uh, alert. He does cut off the power, which sets the tone for. I mean, it's it's good. It's good. It's a good movie. And and the and the the end like a problem with most horror movies is they'll start off well and they'll be going well and then they'll just completely crap the bed at the end. But this one, I actually like the ending a lot. I did too. Like, I won't say whether it's a twist or not. If there was a twist, it was a good one. <laughs> 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 and then how everything plays out, I thought was really well done. It was. Yeah. So go see Don't Breathe. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about was Snowden. I actually saw Snowden. Oh, you did? Yeah, okay, I did cool. see it. Um, it's the All So movie. It's, of course, everybody knows the story of Snowden, I assume, so I don't want to get too far into that. Uh, and a lot of cinephiles like yourselves, if you're listening to Pulp Fiction, have probably seen Citizen Four, the documentary based on Snowden. I tried to, and I turned it off. Uh, I just, just I thought it was boring unless, I'm, unless it gets better or something. I mean, people rave about it. Really? I actually didn't watch it. You watched it, didn't you? So like, it's, all I it's saw was like the opening when they were just kind of talking in the hotel rooms. Does it get better than that? I, I don't remember specifically anything about this movie, but I do remember thinking that his story was interesting. Okay. Not that I necessarily agree or disagree with everything that he's doing, but just that um, everything that he kind of went through and how he had to hide because of the information that he had, I thought was really interesting. So I thought it was an interesting story, but nothing about the film itself, like, stands out the documentary itself stands out i think citizen four is currently on netflix if not it's on one of the streaming ones which i'm sure they're trying to time that out with this being out um but yeah this is oliver stone which you know he he's a polarizing figure in movies uh i'm i i tend to like oliver stone sometimes he gets a little too flamboyant a little too much but i don't think he's done anything solid since before 2000 yeah most of his best stuff was in the 90s yeah uh, and he's written a lot of good stuff. He's great at conspiracy. He is. Well, he wants, he wants to be great at yes. conspiracy. And that, and this touches on that. I mean, that's the, a heavy theme of this movie, if you know the, the story of, of Edward Snowden. Uh, I'll summarize it this way because I'm DB did. The NSA's illegal surveillance techniques are leaked to the public by one of the agency's employees, Edward Snowden, in the form of thousands of classified documents distributed to the press. Joseph Gordon-Levitt um, stars in this as Snowden. Uh, I always like him, and he was he was really good in this. He was solid. He, hey, Rach, uh, what do you think of Joseph Gordon-Levitt? I really like him. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks he's adorable, which he is. He's and and he's a good actor. He's not a great actor, but he's a good actor, and he's a really likable person. Uh, and he usually conveys likability in his characters. Uh, actually, I'd say that's his biggest fault. It's hard for him not to convey. His likability. Whenever he tries to play someone that's not supposed to be likable, he still can't. Typecast. Well, I just don't. I think he's such a nice, likable, personable dude. It's impossible for him to hide it. And so when he tries to play against that type, he just he just can't do it. What about Premium Rush? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What about Premium Rush? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Shailene Woodley uh, places his girlfriend Lindsay Mills. Uh, Melissa Leo's in this. Zachary Quinto. The the cast is great. Robert Firth, 
Um, they usually roll out in the casting in Oliver Stone movies. Yeah, uh, it's it's solid. Nicholas Cage, I didn't know was in it, but is in it. Tom Wilkinson is in it. The cast is fan. Timothy Elephant. Uh, this is a great cast, and the acting is good, and the movie is good-ish. Oh, it's also got Keith Stanfield, who was the rapper kid in Short Term Twelve. He plays a part in it. Scott Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's son, who is a terrible actor, just a terrible actor. He is good looking, but the dude can't act for anything. Uh, and he's also bad in this in a small part. <laughs> um, but all that said, it's a movie worth watching because it's relevant and topical and it's a big deal. And it's entertaining enough and it's good enough. It could have. You want to know my biggest issue, and I am completely in the minority in this. I'm not going to get too. I'm not going to go on too far rant. I promise you. But my biggest issue, probably with the movie, was I couldn't get behind Snowden because I disagreed with him. I was actually on the government side, and I know I'm in the minority. I know that probably everybody listening to this is like, whatever, dude. Um, but basically, if you don't know what's about, long story short, the government, the U.S. government, was. You know, they could read all our texts they wanted, our emails. They could see our private Facebook chats. Is it true about stuff. the video on the computers or the, uh, the the camera on the computers? They say so. They cover that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like – That's which, why uh, – what's the name? Facebook guy. He puts tape over it. Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg yeah. does. Yeah, and they do that in this movie. Really? Snowden did that. And so all that said, so he's he's in the CIA. He disagrees with it, and he leaks it to everybody. In the government's defense, the the main reason they are doing this is to try to keep tabs on terrorists, and, and you know there's a lot of bad stuff that happens on the internet. And they're trying to. I don't think they really care whether you know I'm watching Pornhub.com or something like. Like I don't think they care. I'm sure if they like come across my. I don't think I'm even on the radar if I do show up and they're like, oh, that dude's watching porn. Next, like you know what I mean? Like I just don't care. Like if they need to read some of my text to to some of my homies. And that keeps national security, that keeps us safe from terrorists. I'm cool with it. So this whole movie, I couldn't really get behind Snowden and his whole, like, you know, F the government. I'm like, mm, I'm kind of on the government side here. Yeah, like, aren't they supposed to protect us? Right. So I didn't have an issue with it. So so it's hard for me to, like, get riled up. It's supposed to be kind of like you're supposed to just really get behind him and, like, feel pumped up for this guy. And he's supposed to be kind of be a hero. I'm like, eh, I don't really see it. Kind of thought he was a snitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's me. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, you guys don't have to be political. Y'all can, y'all can plead the fifth yeah. like a couple pansies. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, will, I, will, I will make my statement. I don't care. I mean, the government's the one listening, nobody else, so yeah, they're, exactly. they're cool with me. All 14 of our listeners are probably all NSA agents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but I know I know that I'm in minority. I don't care. Whatever. That's all. No, I really, do, we, do we want to talk about the, the Emmys real quick? Yeah, let's cover that real I quick. Mean, and, and I don't think there's a whole lot to say. I just want to point out one or two things, but... Go ahead, Rach, because you're the, you're the TV watcher. I love TV. I really do. So I'm the only one that actually watched the Emmys instead of just waited for the results. <sighs> yeah, that was me. Um, that was Brandon, too. Brandon. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but in Brandon's defense, you do normally watch it, right? I, I, I watch it every year. I just – freaking honeymoon, dude. You weren't <laughs> even on your honeymoon. <laughs> okay, after effects of the honeymoon. I was catching up from being gone from the honeymoon. <laughs> Okay. Catching up with Dallas games? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which, hey, by the way, Dallas, what's his name? Looks pretty good. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Prescott. I'm excited. Yep. 
excited. By the way, Sam Bradford looked pretty good. Yeah, he did. Okay, all right, back was, to movies. This is different. <laughs> um, so Jimmy Kimmel was the host. I thought he did a decent job. I still prefer like a Tina Fey, Amy Poehler combo, obviously. Uh, but so does everybody else since they keep bringing that back up at every single award show ever. Uh, the, the, the show itself, nothing really stood out. Um, whoever sang the In Memoriam song did a really good job. She sang Hallelujah. I've never heard of her because when they said her name, I was like, who? But she sounded awesome. Uh, to me, the best part was Matt Damon making fun of Jimmy Kimmel. Matt Damon. <laughs> uh, if You don't have to watch the rest of the award show. But go look that section up because that was hilarious. Um, as far as awards are concerned, this is just me as a TV watcher and being really excited about, you know, all the huge shows that we used to have, like Breaking Bad or Sopranos or, well, not that The Wire did did well with <laughs> with awards, but it, it was, was a the great one, show. It was the one that didn't. You know, um, but Mad Men. But I was, yeah, there were there are all these front runners for best drama and lead actor in a drama and all that kind of stuff. And the land uh, landscape has totally changed because Game of Thrones is clearly dominating, and that they've been nominated for a million things and deservedly so because Game of Thrones is awesome. But there's not a lead, and so the the weirdest one to me is that Rami or Rami Malek won. For best actor in a drama for Mr. Robot. That's the second year in a row, though, isn't it? No, Christian Slater won for supporting. Did, did, did yeah, y'all are thinking of the Golden Globes. Oh, okay. The Golden Glo- the Golden Globes happened, and uh, Christian oh, okay. Slater won. I okay. don't think that Rami did. I don't think that he uh, did either. But yeah, it always messes everybody up I because know. the Golden Globes happens before the Emmys, like six months before. Yeah. So it makes you think, oh, it's they've already the same thing. But it's a, it's, not... it's for the same season. This is all for season one. Okay. So, uh, uh, Mr. Robot's kind of all the rage at the moment. And and why I think Rami does a great job, I don't know that it's a real stretch of his acting ability. But it's just weird to me to not see a John Hamm or... Uh, you Brian know, a, Cranston. Yeah, or the ones uh, that have just been... James Gandolfini. Like, you know, if they're Michael nominated, like, just, just give it to them. They're going to win it every year. But there's nobody like that. It's kind of... It's it's just interesting how that's changed. Do you think one of the changes is like how everything, a lot of it is streaming right now? And a lot of the shows that can be more authentic or violent or something like that, they're on the streaming channels or HBO. Like, yeah, you have some that are on Showtime or it's, it's like they're all taken to the back seat right yeah. now to Netflix, Hulu, and uh, Amazon Prime. You think that has something to do with it? I don't know. I don't know because there wasn't really anything... It's really just Netflix at the moment. I mean, Amazon has Transparent. What's, what's, um, what's uh, Mr. Robot on? Mr. Robot's on USA. USA. Weird, weirdly, weirdly enough. Oh, really? They're in the game. Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah isn't that weird? Play. Yeah. Um, the other big talking point for the night was the People vs. O.J. Simpson, which, which it, cleaned up, yeah, as it, it should. It was amazing. It was um, a great show. Um, I can't remember his name, but the guy that played... Johnny Cochran? Well, him. I was thinking of the other one. Oh, the the Marsha Clark's lawyer friend. Yes, Clint, Darden. Uh, Darden. Yeah, Darden. he won. His speech was really good. Oh, was it? Uh, he was I great. Was, in the I show. was really, really happy and excited for him. Yeah. Um. And of course. Yeah, he deserved it. Uh, of course. Um, Sterling K. Brown. That's yes. His name. Yeah. And of course, Sarah Paulson won for Marsha Clark. And she brought Marsha Clark to oh, the awards ceremony. That's cool. So uh, her speech was really interesting in that she, you know, she did all the normal speech stuff. Um, but she also apologized to Marsha Clark because nobody really understood. 
as a spectator of, of a trial like that, it's more entertainment for the viewers than it is a real-life thing, which it was a real-life thing, and that was really happening, and everybody was so harsh to Marsha Clark back then because of the way she looked or the way she, you know, the way she talked, anything like that. Yeah, and so, after watching OJ Made in America on ESPN, like, I really liked Marsha Clark. Yeah. So like, she, I liked how she was just like she looked really down to earth about stuff yeah. but maybe that was like kind of growing pains of I don't know wisdom or something so that it was really cool she she apologized to her and apologized on behalf of everyone else for the way that everybody's kind that of is awesome. thought of Marsha Clark that is really and cool. it also allowed for some really good OJ jokes because <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Kimmel was like oh are you rooting for OJ to win tonight oh <laughs> boom so there was a lot of stuff like that <laughs> um, yeah but that's a great show and it it cleaned up Really, those were the only two things I thought were super noteworthy. Yeah, I'm really happy that that uh, Game of Thrones won Best Drama again, and that uh, OJ won People versus OJ. That those were kind of the two big winners of the night, and I guess sort of Mr. Robot as well, which you know I've, I've watched and somewhat enjoy. Uh, Rachel's a bigger fan than I am, but okay. but uh, but yeah. I'll say my thing real quick about Game of Thrones. It's just simply, I called it. I knew. I mean, not probably a lot of people probably knew, but like Battle of the Bastards won Best Directing. Yeah. As it rightfully should have been. It may have been one of the best. I think you said it too, Rach. Like I've ever seen in any TV show or even movie, the scene, you know, with Jon Snow. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it won rightfully so. And then, of course, it also won for writing, which I still think The Door is better. That was nominated as well. No, that was only nominated oh, for directing. Oh, was that for directing? Okay. Yeah, I was surprised. I was really hoping it was for writing, or at least wanted to be recognized. But maybe that's more for uh, you know James R. R. Martin. But the, the Battle of the Bastards is, was just so good. So good. It's one of your favorite one, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. It was incredible. Yeah, I just want to give that a shout-out, even though most people don't really care about that in the Indies. <laughs> no, but it, it absolutely deserved it. It had to win. We're definitely in kind of like the second golden era of television, but I would say like right now specifically is sort of a down. Like like when I look at all the nominees, I'm like, man, it's just not quite as strong as it was like five years oh, ago. Oh, it's definitely not. And uh, I like I like uh, most of the shows that right, were nominated for right. stuff. But. but they're just not quite. Besides Game of Thrones, like we've lost so many heavy hitters from the past several years uh, that, you know, were, you know, decade long shows. The new annoying show to me. That you know, like, oh, just give it to him. We don't need this Veep? category. Beep, beep, cleans so up irritating. on everything. So irritating. Like nobody in. I know, I know. A lot of people really like it, and that's fine. It's just one of the. I just hate it when people make a run on stuff, and then it's like, well, forget it. You're never going to get recognized. Like Parks and Rec modern always family got was shot out yeah, because modern of Modern Family, family. Yeah. and that sucked because Parks and Rec deserved more than it got. But not with Modern Family around. That was the heavy hitter. Yeah. So Veep is now becoming that. It's, it's like they go through cycles for like they three do. or four years. For like, especially in the comedy category, where they'll just win everything well, for and years. I'm and, and another. At least it's not freaking Big Bang Theory anymore. That's true. Yeah, At least that it's was not that, that for a while. Seriously. But Julie Louise Dreyfus has that. She's got on lockdown. Yeah. She's weirdly hotter now than she was in Seinfeld. And she made some good jokes that night too. Yeah. So. Yeah. There we that. go. <laughs> uh, anything else you guys like to add? That is Pulp Fiction. We are excited to be back. Be sure to listen next week when we review something and then also do a list about something. <laughs> it's going to be sweet. Be sure to listen. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pulp Fiction. <laughs>